Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a brand new episode of the Face Turn Podcast, part of the Sports Insanity Network. I'm Noah Trombley, joined as always by Mike, the pun master, Rifkin, Lawrence Patchman Lang, and Allison Wiener. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Could be worse. Could be worse. That's a perfect way to put it, Allison. <laughs> All right, so we've got plenty to talk about tonight. We're going to be talking about the latest AEW CM Punk drama. We're talking about some Roman Reigns a little bit. But first, we're going to start off with a review of a pay-per-view that did occur a couple weeks ago, but due to just scheduling conflicts, we didn't get to talk about it until now. Let's talk about budget cuts. Yeah, it's budget cuts. Let's talk about <laughs> backlash that took place in Puerto Rico two weeks ago. Technically, it would be two weeks ago uh, tomorrow. Um, just Mike, just your initial impression of the show. But for me, it was a very fun show. Yeah, it was really fun, especially after what we deceived night two of WrestleMania to be. This was a nice comeback. And Allison, for me, what really made it was the crowd was just insane. Yes, I loved it. Even though a lot of it I couldn't understand, but it just the energy vibe. The fact that one of the matches. People were cheering for EO instead of Bianca. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, but literally, you definitely felt just the energy. I hope they do another premium live event in Puerto Rico in the future. Yeah. 100%. And, and you know, Patchy, I think this kind of goes to the idea of WWE should do more premium live events outside the United States like they're doing now. Like, we've got Backlash in Puerto Rico. United Champions going to be Saudi Arabia. Then Money in the Banks in London. Like they Don't should get Elimination Chamber being in Montreal. In Montreal, yeah. They're, they're really killing it with these out-of-country pay-per-views. Yeah, you know, it, it might beg to differ that WrestleMania might go either overseas or, you know, up north of the border or south of the border soon. Well, I mean, just to go off of that, all ins being put in London, in Wembley, you cannot tell me a WrestleMania in Wembley Stadium would be amazing. That 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 thing would be incredible. But let's get into the show itself and go through our matches and give, of course, star ratings. We started off with a match that I did not expect to be this good. We've got Bianca Belair defeating Sky to retain her Raw Women's Championship. And Allison, like you said, this crowd just went, nope, we want EO. <laughs> yes, I brought up with the energy they have. I just felt like, you know what? And the match, I really felt EO had that shot of winning. Had it not been for Bailey and Dakota. We're mm-hmm. still waiting for the moment EO leaves. Right. Yeah, but yeah, uh, what would you give the star for a star rating? Oh God, definitely four stars. four stars. Patchy, what about you? Yeah, yeah, solid opening match. I agree with Allison. Four stars, you know, it's a great way to show that EO can be on her own and be in a championship match and hold her own in that championship match. So maybe down the line we might see EO as a future women's champion either raw or smackdown she has to be has to be in my opinion mike yeah just going off with patchy simply there are those times when someone comes from nxt and you go i don't know what the future holds for this person so we immediately put them in a stable or we just don't know what we're gonna do this was eo's breakout moment for me and as much as I love what damage control is, it's obvious they don't care for it. Mm-hmm. So this is a way to show EO could be the next 
breakout star of the women's division that it kind of needs in the WWE. Especially the raw side. Even both sides, because you have Bianca and Rhea as the champions, and then outside of that, you're you know, you're getting into the Charlottes and the Beckys, and as great as they are, it's always nice to get fresh faces into the title picture. So mm-hmm. that this was EO's moment. <clears throat> yeah. Um, what would you give it, Mike, out of sorry? I, I, I'm in agreement. I'll give I'll go four. I'll make it a perfect four for four on four stars. It was a fi- fantastic match. And again, I didn't expect it to be this good, but the crowd just they turned EO super baby face and turned Bianca super heel. They were booing everything Bianca Belair did. They wanted EO Sky, which is weird because it's not like she's got any local connection. She's Japanese. But for some reason, this Puerto Rican crowd just turned the switch on for EO Sky and they wanted her. And I'm with you, Allison. I wish they had just pulled the trigger. Just make a call on the fly, have EO win, have the crowd go nuts to start the show. Right. Uh, we then get into. A fine match, in my opinion, as Seth freaking <laughs> defeats Omos in Omos's longest match. Um, I give it two and a half. I, I, you know, leave it to Seth to drag a good match out of Omos. I mean, it wasn't the worst match I've ever seen. It wasn't amazing, but it was a passable match for sure. But I mean, Seth, honestly, right now, Seth Rollins, I think, is the best wrestler in the world. He can get a good match out of a broomstick at this point. I'll give it two and a half, Allison. I would pay to watch the broomstick match. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it to only because it does not make any sense to be on a pay-per-view. Gotcha. Mike? I'm going to go one and a half, and it's not because it's Seth Rollins. It's just I don't care about Omos. Stop trying to make me care about Omos. I don't care for Omos. Sorry, MVP. <laughs> Patchy, uh, you know, as the old saying goes, sometimes you turn um, chicken, you know what, into chicken salad. I guess you wouldn't call this chicken salad per se. I would say chicken mush, but it, it's above chicken, you know what. And mm. you know, Seth Rollins made the best of it. Hey, Omos, decent looking performance. Took a mega stomp to win the match, and if you guys mentioned Seth Rollins versus a broomstick, don't forget what Kenny Omega did one time in Japan. So I'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. What didn't Kenny Omega do in Japan? Well, well, <laughs> let's say his inanimate object was an inflatable person. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but it was not an inflatable person. You get where I'm going. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if Seth Rollins would just bring the broom out just based off the uh, outfits he wears alone. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, he he wears some incredible. I'm going to talk more about Seth Rollins when we get to the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got drip like nobody else. All right, up next we had a triple threat match for the U.S. Championship. Uh, Austin Theory uh, defeated Bobby Lashley and Bonseria by pinfall. I think we all literally called how this match was going to end. Lashley hit Reed with a spear. Theory throws Lashley out, covers Reed for the win. Um, I gave it two stars. It was fine. I mean. I would have much preferred just a Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed slugfest, but it made Theory look good. I'll give it two stars, Patchy. Yeah, two stars. Simple. You know, <laughs> we we knew Austin Theory was going to keep the U.S. title, and we all knew it was done in the most heelish way on how heel wins a match to keep their title in a triple threat match. I will say, Bronson Reed hitting a moonsault, my God. <laughs> That's impressive. Felt uh, it up here. Yeah, Mike. 
That's insulting in so many ways. <laughs> can we can we elevate Bronson Reed here? Please. I think since you definitely his, have elevated Bronson Reed. Like, since he's come back, he's been really, really good. I mean, Mike, you re- you ready for this? <laughs> SummerSlam. Bronson Reed challenging Gunther for the IC championship. Oh. <laughs> Please give me that. Q- Q- you know they're going to try to push for Brock and Gunther. Cue up the fry from Futurama meme, meme, shut up and take my money. God, I would. Shut up and take my money. I wouldn't even be against Bronson Reed being Mr. Money in the Bank. Ooh. I would not be opposed to that. I, mean, I know who's winning the Money in the Bank. As a dark horse. I think can... Same here. After this week, I've realized who I said in 2023 is not going to be a bike. I'm still going to say. That there will be somebody who's from Europe to be Mr. Money in the Bank. I think Patchy should win Money in the Bank, but that's yes! just me. Yes, Patchy, go catch it. Push for Patchy. But you know what? I'm, you know what? I'm the one to beat Roman. Yes. Uh, Roman will uh, never see it come. Oh. <laughs> All right, Mike, what would you give the triple threat match? I'll go two. I'm with you guys, but Bronson Reed for the win. Allison. Four for four. Let's go two stars. Yeah, it was just fine. Fine match. <laughs> All right. Up next, we had the for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Rhea, Rhea, Rhea Ripley defeating the hometown girl of Zelina Vega. I mean, Zelina's entrance was great and all. She had the huge Puerto Rican flag uh, kind of draped under her arms. She came out. She got a massive ovation. I mean, it is crazy how a crowd can carry a match because if you look at the match itself, it is a basic, basic match. But the crowd elevated this so much to me. I actually give it a three stars. I, I think if I just go off the wrestling, it's like a one star. But to the crowd was just so into Zelina and the, the ovation she got afterwards. Like you like WWE, realize you've got actually talented people. Start using them, please. Um, but I give it three because this crowd just took this match and went to a new level. Mike. This is the best crowd of the year. It is show. This crowd was awesome. This crowd beats Montreal. It does. It surprisingly does. Except I, there's no Roman in Puerto Rico. I I mean they they missed an opportunity there, but I think the point was I feel bad for Zelina. I know she got the moment in Puerto Rico, but if Rhea Ripley had not just won the title. Could you just put pull the trigger and have the upset? Mm. Imagine the reaction that would have gotten. Ooh. Right. But Rhea uh, just won the championship. You're trying to establish You can't her. do it. Like, if you reversed it and it was Io versus Rhea and Bianca versus Zelina, I wouldn't have had an issue with that. Oh, see, so yeah, I would have had Zelina just do the up- massive upset and just get the big hometown pop. Yeah, exactly. Um, What would you give it out of? Stars. Three, that's fine with me. Okay. Allison? I'm probably only going to give it two stars because the match felt like a simple match. felt like there was not really a big push. And it, I mean, I love the Puerto Rico crowd cheering for Zelina, but other than that, there was something really special about it. Mm-hmm. Patchy, what about you? You know, it's... it's it, Not to say it's a filler match, but, you know, it's, it's a typical we're going to give the people a home crown. Home crown. Hometown, you know, welcome for Selena. Ooh. Give her the cue up Jerry Lawler. <laughs> cue, yeah, cue up Jerry the King. 
we're gonna you know give the old you know hometown hero a nice yeah. championship match and just like sammy we're all we're all gonna have you believe we're gonna pull the trigger when the end you know championship retains and you know what the crowd still goes i'm happy because they give the standing o to their hometown hero mm-hmm. there was Queen something Zelina. just happened on smackdown i will explain during the roman reigns mm-hmm. okay well speaking of crowd up next, we had Bad Bunny defeating Damian Priest in a San Juan street fight. <laughs> this, my God, this, this, this was a four star match to begin with, but this crowd took it to a five star match. I, I'm gonna sound controversial when I say this. I think Bad Bunny's entrance might be my favorite one off entrance of all time. Yes, just the way the crowd sang him to the ring, they were all into it and like. You get sometimes you get a lot of these crowds where like a group of people are doing it. No, this entire arena was singing that song. You're in Puerto and Rico. He, they know he, the song. This is his song. He looked like a folktale hero, like emerging to defend his home country. It was so good. And they laid into Damian Priest. And credit to Damian Priest for carrying Bad Bunny to a, a fantastic match. I mean, credit to Bad Bunny. I mean, he took a freaking Michinoku driver off of a, a stage equipment through two tables. He took some punishment in this match. And I listened to Steve, uh, I believe it's Steve Larson um, podcast. And he said, bad bunny's ability to sell. Like he gets it. He gets wrestling. And I texted Mike this during the show and Allison and Patchy, I'll pose the question to you two. Cause I'm not counting Logan Paul as a celebrity wrestler anymore. Cause he signed a full-time deal. Bad Bunny's the greatest celebrity wrestler ever, right? As of this moment. Kevin Federline. Kevin Federline. I'm telling you right now, we got to have a topic for for our year-end award. Oh, we will. Bad Bunny. This is to Bad Bunny. Celebrity of the year. But we'll hop right to it. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, just everything about this match was absolutely perfect. The crowd, the entrances, the match itself, the LWO coming in. Carlito getting the biggest pop I think I've ever heard in my life. Dominic Mysterio not being cool. Oh my God. I mean, I could not believe how crazy that crowd was going for the Carlito return. I've got to get I was going crazy for the Carlito. I was. I literally was just screaming. Everything was perfect. I got to give this a full five star treatment. I think this is a truly a five star match because of everything involved. Patchy, what about you? Uh, you posed the question, so I I will put him up there. Honorable mention: Stephen Amell. You mm. know when he, him yeah. and Stardust did it, or it was him versus Stardust, but I can't remember that many moons ago. Um, I'll so almost get stars. Uh, yeah, too many stars, too much um dust in the wind, whatever. Um, almost give it five stars. I'll give it four and three quarters. I'll be that guy. I'll give the three quarter star. Okay. Why not the quarter? What's <laughs> interesting? Uh, Mike, what about you? I'll go five. I enjoyed. Also, like I just mentioned, Bronzer, Damian Priest. Yes. Like, Damian Priest is putting in killer stuff now. As opposed to, I mean, we, we saw, the three of us saw him. When he was the uh, U.S. champion when he fought Nakamura at Survivor Series. Yeah, it's kind of underwhelming. Right. So now it feels like he matters again. 
mm-hmm. with the Judgment Day, and I can't. I'm digging it. Yeah, it really digging Damian Priest right now. Allison, are we sure we are not having backlash in a Bad Bunny concert? Because that's it what pretty much was. Like. <laughs> Definitely five stars. I think this is probably a good nomination for Match of the Year for our 2023 Face Turn Awards. I mean, it, it's not a great wrestling match, but as a spectacle. You know what it, it reminded me of? What's it that? It reminded me of WrestleMania 31, Sting versus Triple H. Had, like, that type of vibe. Like, yeah, definitely. Because you had the big return of the NWO during that with Tell Sting, but that didn't make any sense. The as well. The only thing missing from that was Nash tearing his quad again. <laughs> he takes one step tears both quads somehow um but you know i i absolutely love this match honestly after seeing what the rest was that should have this should have been the main event this yeah. should have been the main event because everyone was hyped to see bad bunny everyone was hyped to see damian priest everyone went nuts for that entrance should have been the main event but we get two more matches left uh the next one is a six-man tag match that pitted the bloodline that being soul sokoa jay uso and jimmy uso defeating Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Poor Matt Riddle. He was just treated like an afterthought in this thing, and he was just there to take the pin from Solo Sokoa, so that way the tag champions looked strong. I got to admit, I thought this match was kind of boring. It, they, it never reached a second gear to me. It just felt there. It just felt uninterested it just felt like guys we just already done this like can we move on from this like i thought we were done with the bloodline versus sammy Zayn and kevin owens but apparently we're not um i give this only like two and a half i did not think this was a good match it just and it was it wasn't a bad match but it was just boring like you could have done this on smackdown or something mike i think you nailed it when you said the story's been told when it comes to the bloodline and kevin and sammy and it's kind of just like Okay, we're just going to add Riddle in here for the solo effect. And she's kind of like, okay. we like. I think the story, I, I know it's a different circumstance, but I would have been more okay if the partner was Cody. And Cody gets retribution from everyone interfering at WrestleMania. Yeah. But that would have made more sense than the Riddler. Right. But at the end of the day, though, Mike, like WrestleMania should have just been a hard end to Sane and uh, I will not argue that. With it you. should have been just bam, that's it. Yeah. So Sane guy's revenge, Owens guy's revenge, boom, we're done. Put them on a different mm-hmm. brand and just go. But now we'd be able to do this again. Now we're doing Roman and Solo at Night of Champions. Uh, we'll we'll discuss that. this later. We'll discuss that later. The, uh, the other, the other part. Sorry to cut you off. It's just like. If you really want to, I don't want to say put an end, but put a spoil on the bloodline, you have them lose this match. Yeah. And then there's more tension within the bloodline because there's the one spot with Jay and Solo where Solo grabs Jay and he's got to spike him or Mm -hmm. not causes more tension. That could have just ended the match. Right. Solo does the spike. He walks out. Mm Mm-hmm. Because then at the very least, there's something to sink our teeth into later. Right. There's at least, oh, okay, now the bloodline's like officially split. Like, what happens now? Uh, what would you give it star rating? I'll go three. Okay. Patchy? You know, it was a match I really wasn't interested in because, you know, it, I, I feel you could have just done 
KO and Sammy versus just the Usos and been done with it. Then you didn't have to throw Solo and Riddle in there. You could have done Solo and Riddle as another match. Yeah. Just, well, you know. What's crazy just, is that they did a tag team title rematch literally a week before. Just do that on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Could have just done that. Uh, so what would you give it for a star rating? Eh, three. All right. Allison? Probably going to give it two because it just it felt like a match that wasn't needed. And plus, Pretty Deadly is about to have their first debut match on SmackDown. Nice. I'm so excited. They're on my fancy roster, which we will... We'll give you guys updates on that once I get everything updated here in a couple weeks or so, hopefully. By the way, oh. if you did not see the Brawling Brutes attire, it was like, if you watch Premier League or UEFA, you'll love it. Oh, boy. that's Oh, good. they're giving Pretty Deadly the old John Morrison slow-mo camera, too. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad Morrison so they could create a whole stable. Honestly, Morrison as part of Pretty Deadly was be, would be very fun. Yes. Um, all right, so let's wrap up Backlash here, though. Uh, in the main event, we had Cody Rhodes defeating Brock Lesnar uh, by a fluky pinfall out of a Kimura lock. Ah, man, I didn't think this did anything for Cody. I don't think it did anything for Brock. Well, it, it didn't need to do anything for Brock, but it didn't do anything for Cody for me because... It didn't make any sense, and now they're having a rematch at... Right. And, the champions! Right, this it's probably like, going to be some stipulation match. Right, and like if Cody had just... If you take this way, if they were going to only do this one match and Cody had like got it out and like had like done the three crossroads on Brock and had like definitively pinned, like pinned him, I think I would have taken it much better. It would have made Cody look like this absolute, like I'm going for Roman again. Um, but to have a fluky roll up, it just kind of took some of the aura away from Cody. And I'm sure once he goes for Roman again, if it's WrestleMania 40, we're going to have. Blah. Or uh, Cody goes for money in the bank, too. Good. Um, but it, hopefully he'll get some of his muster back. But I don't know, Mike, for me, this kind of – it's like two stars. This just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, this was like the, – the one positive was Brock bleeding most of the match. That's the only thing that made it like not a one-and-a-half-star match. Yeah. I think the thing that hurts, hurts it is, you know, Brock – whether he wins or loses, isn't hurt by this. Right. You know, he, he's going to live. And if Cody loses, it's kind of like, okay, where do we go drawing board-wise? And how do we keep Brock strong? Mm-hmm. That's the finish. I, I, I don't like it, but I get why they had to do right. it. But again, but like, I'm and, with you about two stars. It, this and, was not special. And like I said, Mike, if you had done like Cody stands like stands up yeah. after t- giving him three crossroads and he's got all of his blood running down the side of him, okay, there you go. That that's at least like really making Cody look like a monster right now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to beat Brock in 20 seconds. He's not going to do that. No, he's but, not Goldberg. Remember that. Yeah. Uh, Bring back Goldberg for Night of Champions. <laughs> Mike, that's not even funny. Mike. I'm funny. Swear to God. You're uh, becoming a Nate Moser by saying that. He, he can fu- finally fight the ladder that busted him open. Yeah, like he's going to be in the World Heavyweight Championship match. <laughs> he needs to, he, no, he needs to fight the door that, bust, that he busted his head open against when he faced Taker at Super Showdown 2019. <laughs> he needs to find the door. <laughs> Allison, Cody versus Brock, what'd you think? Should not have, I'll be honest, it felt dumb. Like another maybe one and a half stars. Like the way that Cody beat Brock 
was pretty much it did not help Cody. No, it didn't. He just did like a schoolboy roll up on a Kimura. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it did not do anything for Cody. Patchy. All right, two things. Um Rifkin mentioning Goldberg. That's not cool. It's almost as cool as Carlito. We're yeah, gonna go. I'm the- gonna go grab an apple and I'm gonna spit it on my computer. Well, that that sounds like a personal issue for the game. <laughs> no, I, I, all right. Coolness aside, uh, two and a half stars against the half star for blood. So, <laughs> we, how, we, we, how we long some... did it take though? Let me ask you this: How long did it take for Brock Lesnar to, to bleed? Uh, maybe like seven minutes because the match seven went minutes. forty, and he he, he okay looked... longer than John Moxley. That's all we need to know. Well, John Moxley can be hit by a fly and he starts bleeding. He literally, he literally like goes like this with his hand. He literally just br- he like tries to wipe something off his forehead and he starts bleeding. Blade probably taped to his hand. He probably has a blade taped to his hand. But all right, that wraps up uh backlash uh review. Uh obviously our next pay-per-view will be Night of Champions. That will be next Saturday, not this That's WWE. You gotta remember. Yes. There's also Battleground next weekend. And and next double week. or nothing. So uh We've got a lot to cover next week, but we'll, we're just going to talk a little bit about Night of Champions uh, right now because we're going to talk about the World Heavyweight Championship tournament that they took place over this last week of television. And I think they really fumbled this because they did two triple threat matches on Raw and two triple threat matches on SmackDown with the winners of those two matches facing each other later on in the night to then move on to Night of Champions. Mike, two problems for me. First of all, why is SmackDown even in this? Because it's supposed to be a Raw exclusive title because Roman is on SmackDown. That was the whole point of this championship. And two, why didn't you save the singles matches? Do the two triple threat matches and then save, oh, hey, next week, big match, Finn versus Seth Rollins. Oh, next week, big match, AJ versus, uh, who ended up winning the match? Lashley. Lashley, AJ versus Lashley, big matches next week. But instead, you just, for lack of a better term, you blew your whole load in one night. Yeah, I don't get that part either on on the singles match. I don't, I, I get your point. I don't like the fact that they included SmackDown. But I, I get it from the perspective of they don't feel they have 12 guys on Raw worthy of these triple threats. But the other thing I I look at is they included Theory in this. And my issue with that is Theory's already the U.S. champion. You're not going to double champ him. So unless... You can explain that later. Unless you're going to figure out a way to set up his next feud, there was no point for him to be in this. Also, you know, if he were to have won, we know who would really be in charge. Mm-hmm. But uh, listen, uh, I'm very happy with the results of the the triple threat and singles matches. Although I understand your point, I would long term booking made more sense in that point. Right, and and you know, Allison, I'm excited for Seth AJ. I mean, I can remember their match at Money in the Bank 2019, and it was a fantastic match. And I do like how they are putting AJ back into a main event title picture where he should be for the remainder of his career. 
it just felt really mishandled. It definitely has been. I feel like this should have been more of a raw only thing. Have a real tournament. There is one issue though, like, and I've heard rumors about this, is because they're not sure if they want to put the title on Seth Brickman Rollins, which they should. And that's only because Seth is now in the new Captain America movie, which is to be released next year. And he's going to be in Atlanta for a few months filming it. See, that, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And here's the thing, though. It only The only reason you can't do that right now is because you've got Roman. So get the, that title off of Roman onto Cody Rhodes, and then we can move on to that. Because having the WWE World Heavyweight Champion on movie sets, like imagine the publicity you would get if Seth's doing promotion for the new Captain America movie and he's got the World Heavyweight Championship right on his shoulder. That is publicity out the wazoo for WWE. Oh, yeah. And that I don't understand why you would Captain America one night. Right. But he that's still dressed as Captain America in Night of Champions. Right. But th- that's the thing. Because you've got Roman on the other side, you can't just go to another part-time champion. I don't think Seth's going to become part-time, but he might have to take a couple of weeks off or something. So I just don't understand what the whole thinking behind this World Championship tournament is. I feel like it should have been used to... Patchy, I feel like it should have been used to create a new star, and I feel like they just didn't do that. Yeah, w- once again, the, you know, the good old double of W and E are just shooting themselves in the foot. To me, you know, once again, I would have went redemption with Balor. Yeah. But, you know, once again, I agree with you. You know, if you put the world tight on Seth, you know, okay, he could be on the movie sets, but then again, we don't have a champion on Raw. If Roman's taking his sabbatical, that champion's gone on SmackDown. It's, they're, they are in the biggest pickle they have been in forever. Yeah. A pretty deadly pickle, which they just won the first match. And this, and of course, this highlights an issue I feel like, Mike, we've been talking about forever because you're in a situation where Seth might be going away. Cody is, I mean, he still can carry the company for a few years, but he's not going to be there for 10, 15 years. He might be there for like five, six. But you need more people. I mean, take take up the two tournaments, right? You mm-hmm. had on the SmackDown side, you had AJ, Lashley, Theory, Sheamus, Styles, Edge, and Mysterio. All, all but one of them are aging veterans who are going to be out of the business in the next probably five, six years. We know Edge is probably done soon. We know Ray's probably done soon. Sheamus is probably done soon. Lashley is still great shape, but he might want to retire while he's ahead. So the only guy you make sense to put in there is Theory, but you can't because he's the U.S. champion. And then you look at the Raw side. Seth, Nakamura, Priest, Balor, Miz, Cody. Why wouldn't you go off the what he did at Backlash and have Priest do it? Priest was in one of the triple threats, but you're right. But I, I think they didn't want to cause the whole internal thing with Judgment Day. I'm not sure. But to, to go, Bronson Reed, why couldn't Bronson Reed be in the, in one of the matches? You could have gone that route. I think the, the problem becomes, and this is where you become predictable, is when you keep not giving people opportunities. And 
as long as the list is there, there, there were three guys, maybe four if you want to include Sheamus. There are three guys you could say, you know, they're not winning. Edge isn't winning. Ray's not winning. Miz isn't winning. You know those three off the bat. They're probably there to take the pit. Mm-hmm. Even though you put Edge and Ray in the same match, but that's a whole nother conversation. But you know those guys aren't going to win. They're not going to be the world champion. We all know that. Then you go into the second tier. The Sheamuses, the Priests, even Finn. I'll put Finn into this tier because I know Triple H probably believes in Finn. I don't, but I don't know who's in charge of creative, despite everything I've read. We're still in that limbo right now. Right. So if Finn were to go out and win, no one would be shocked. No. I think most people would be pretty happy Finn Bauer's getting that opportunity. But then you get into Seth and Cody. And this is just for the raw side because if Cody wound up winning the triple threat excuse me, and then winning the world title, you get the case of people might rebel because you you just created this title because he couldn't beat Roman. Yeah. Like, 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 I'm sorry, but Cody's story now is to beat Roman. Right. Cody has to be the one to take the title off Roman. Like, it has to be. He has to be the one behind the one in 21. 418 and one at this point. So... And, and so, and Patchy, to get your thoughts on this, it just it makes me mad because you just had a draft, right? And you just called all of these people up from NXT. Why not stuff this tournament with those guys and give them a push and show Ooh. them as the new stars? I mean, I had an epiphany. Instead of money in the bank, we throw we do qualifying for the next few weeks. Throw six people in, six-man ladder match for the new world title. That would have been fun. Would not be against that. but You know what? And then, you know what? You can still have qualifying on SmackDown. Then who, if a SmackDown superstar wins the world title, they go to Raw automatically. Mm-hmm. Be done with it. Six-man. Do, do a six-man ladder match for the new world title. That would have been the easiest way. And you know what? You don't do Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank this year is, you know, for the new world title. You rebrand Money in the Bank, send Money in the Bank back to WrestleMania, and be done with it. I still think that is something they should absolutely do. They should put Money in the Bank back at WrestleMania because then that's a guaranteed good WrestleMania match. We have no more Miz and Pat McAfee stalling for 25 minutes. Of course. Or Shane tearing his quad. Or Shane tearing his quad. (laughs) Listen, do not disrespect for the brand. Yeah. All right. So that that wraps up the World Heavyweight Championship side of things. Let's let's shift focus now to the other company. That's AEW. <laughs> AEW, I've got problems with you because I do too. Can I go also? I got massive issues. I'll let you go in a second, but I need to get this out first. Okay. So, what's been going on the last few months behind the scenes in AEW is that reportedly they were going to create a brand split. The AEW was going to follow suit WWE and create their own brand split. They would have AEW Dynamite as one roster, and then they would have AEW, a brand new show, AEW Collision. I believe it's supposed to be on Saturday nights, right? Saturday, starting June the 17th. June 17th. Live. Now, you ask, why were they going to do this? 
because literally for one reason, Dynamite would be people who don't want to work with CM Punk and Collision would be the roster who wants to work with CM Punk, who would be willing to work with CM Punk. Who wants to work with Punk? So you're literally splitting your roster just for CM Punk. My God, how much are you going to kiss his ass? And lo and behold, what happened? It's apparently blown up in their face because apparently now CM Punk has been scrubbed from the new TV show. AEW and Tony Khan, when are you two going to learn? CM Punk is a toxic relationship. You need to let him go. Because this is an I... article, this is an article from SB Nate from Cage Side Seats. The new TV show was indeed made official, but there was no mention of Punk's name in the press release or graphics for collision. However, things quickly got weird when Punk's name was discovered in a link to an original press release for a collision. And then Warner Bros. Discovery followed up on this day by denying that Punk was affiliated with the show. Dave Meltzer then reported that Punk's return was supposed to be announced at the WB upfronts, but he was scrubbed at the very last minute. Quote, Punk was supposed to be announced at the show. That was the big announcement. It was going to be CM Punk at the at the upfronts. The star of the show, he was in the graphic. He was the lead in the press release. And then yesterday, Warner Brothers Discovery was told to remove Punk from everything. And they removed him from almost everything. They forgot one link. There were people who had been told yesterday at Warner Brothers Scrub told scrub him from the thing. There was all kinds of speculation. What does this mean? Why did they pull him at the last minute? And apparently this stems from Punk wanted Ace Steel to come back and work in a backstage role. And apparently Tony Khan says, no, I don't want him there. And now they're fighting again. AEW, when are you going to learn? Punk has ruined his legacy. He has ruined his character as a wrestler. Let him go. You don't need him. Let him go. The fact, and, and you know, Mike, I don't know what your rant is, but the fact that they were going to create a separate show just to cater to Punk is blowing my mind. Well, it kind of carries over to your point. Because we talked, we just talked about this before with WW creating your own stars, and I think AEW has gotten into a similar path. And you could say Wardlow and and Hobbs and guys like that, and that's cool. But when I see with the tag team title matches at Double or Nothing, I'm not for that because yeah. I listen. I, I, I'm as nice of a person as anyone can meet. I don't give a shit about Jeff Jarrett in the year 2023. <laughs> yeah. I don't care that he's he that he's there. I don't. I do not care. Why him and Jay Lethal are fighting FTR, I couldn't give a damn. Have put FTR against the acclaimed, who are still Nova, even though they're not the champions. You know, we we could go into how they book former WWE guys and how they do this and that. It's, you have to learn to create your own star. And I'm not even talking the Dallas stars. <laughs> but figure this out. I don't give a shit about Jeff Jarrett. And no disrespect to Jay Lethal, because I actually really like Jay Lethal. Put him on Ring of Honor. Yeah. You brought back Ring of Honor. Unless you're going to use Ring of Honor to be kind of what NXT is to the WWE, 
what was the point of this? Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. and Allison, to go back to the punk thing, I just want to read a bit more of this article. Quote, reportedly, nobody from the AEW side, this is again from uh, uh, Dave Meltzer, nobody from the AEW side has talked about this at all, not confirmed any of this. From the WBD side, which, of course, Warner Brothers Discovery, they have said that their belief is that there will be an attempt to work it out. They're hopefully that they'll work it out. That is not dead. Uh, that's not a dead deal. But this is a situation. And report Tony Khan said next week he will reveal the location of the first episode of Collision. We already know the United Center in Chicago is booked for that date because that's Punk's hometown. The plan all along has been to build the show around him. This whole thing is now essentially a stalling tactic so Tony Khan can work this whole thing out with Punk. Right, and I know. I think I was also reading that Warner Brothers and Discovery does not want cm punk involved at all it's again it's like it's like cm punk is like handcuffing tony khan and aew to do this show find the key release the handcuff and send cm punk back into the indie wild scene because honestly the only thing he's going to be doing is causing more controversy in aew i mean look what happened with him colt cabana and the elite just look at that look i mean I don't know about you, but AEW went through a down period during that summer. It was bad. Mm-hmm. Like the product got stale. The backstage drama blew up. And it, it was a bad time for AEW in the summer of 2022. And who's like, to I mean, blame for it? I mean, I mean, the only reason I don't think we were talking about it more on this show was because we had the whole Vince McMahon retiring thing. But I mean, AEW patchy went through a rough patch in 2022. And at the center of it was CM Punk. Hmm. I still. So now... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I know you're fine. Yeah, the wrestler CM Punk I love. The person behind CM Punk, not so very much. But, he makes know. us not want to be straight edge. <laughs> he he has a cult of personality, but no one will join him. <laughs> and you know what? We 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 know his anger. So, but my beef right now with AEW is you know. You based Collision's colors around WCW Monday Night Nitro. If anyone has seen this, their color scheme mimics Nitro. And, you know, I've been saying since day one of AEW's inception, especially when Dynamite rolled around, that it was going to be like WCW. And right now it is WCW. As you got everyone fighting and pulling their creative cards. So, Hatchman... Sometimes is right. And, you know, I'm making that statement now. AEW right now is turning into WCW because you got. I really hope they start collision now with the big AEW like WCW had on the old Nitro stage. Mm -hmm. Let's just hope hope Shane McMahon does not buy AEW. There goes the money. There goes the money. The thing that needs to happen right now with. AEW is Tony Khan just needs to have full control. The Bucks, no offense to the Young Bucks, no offense to Omega. They need to be stripped of their stuff. I think they were, weren't they, after Brawl Out? See, that's, the, that's the thing, Patchy. I think it's the complete opposite, in fact. I think Tony Khan needs to hire somebody else to handle some of these booking decisions because I don't think well, he... I know, I know someone that they can hire. They can oh. go you full utter circle. the two words that I think you're going to utter? Oh, I'll just say the initials VR. Yeah, no, that's no. a no wait, for me, wait, wait, dog. What? No, do Vince not hire Russo. Vince Russo. 
Oh gosh! Do not oh, hire Vince Russo. That will be the death of, of AEW if they hire Vince Russo. Uh, like, I, I hire JC instead. Yeah, well, it's just what's crazy about it is I think AEW is actually doing a lot of good right now because you've got the whole elite storyline. Like Hangman Page is finally reunited with the. Well, I, um, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. Omega know, long, and the Young Bucks. overdue. It is long overdue, and we're going to do anarchy, anarchy in the Arena too, with the Elite versus uh, Black Bull Combat Club, which I'm so excited for. And you got this interesting story of Don Callis turning on Omega because Omega has done nothing without me. I have been the reason Omega is what he is, and he has not shown me the proper respect. And I love what they're doing, and I love what the Outcasts are doing. I love this former WWE stars who think they're not getting treated the right way in AEW. It's like. We expected to walk in here and be treated like stars, and you people aren't doing that. And it makes sense. Ruby Soul has not been treated like a star. Soraya not been treated like a star. Tony Storm, same thing. So I love what they're doing, but this is just another black dot on their current product, and it's going to ruin them from the inside. Like you said, Allison, they need to just cut the chains loose and just let Punk go. Just, just, just admit that you are not going to be good without with him. You need to just let him go. Honestly, if he goes, Lexi Punk tried to make his own wrestling league to go up against AEW. I'm going to build my own wrestling company. That'd be Black disgusting. Jackson. I can tell you right now, that'd be disgusting. CPW. CM, CMW or CME. Oh my God, it'd be, it'd be horrible. All right, so that is all of the AEW Rumors for now with the whole CM Punk drama. Uh, Allison, you had something you wanted to discuss with the oh, we gotta discuss world champion Roman, Roman Reigns in the room. Yeah, we have to. Like, as many of you guys know, last week the Usos are not getting a rematch against Sammy and Kevin. No, it's Roman and Solo. How lovely. Just think, we finally, just think you think Roman has the WWE Universal World Heavyweight Championship. That's not enough for him. No. He wants the tag titles, too. And Fozzie, I got to replay. He wins that. Go more. Why not? Go beat A-Town down. Take the United States title. Why not win the women's title, too, while he's at it? I mean, in all honesty, it's like, what are you doing with Roman? It's you're literally not letting him defend the title. You'd rather have him go a thousand days plus without even laying a finger on that title he's supposed to be defending. Mm-hmm. And also, but then again, I know we've talked about this before of how this could also lead up to the breakup of the bloodline. Because you know the Usos are probably going to factor some way. Solo might too because earlier tonight on SmackDown, Roman bumped into Solo. Mm, okay, well, and here's the thing, and I'll let Mike and Patchy have their thoughts on this too. But at the very least, with this match, I know, I know, we say this, and I know we said this with Cody. I know we said it's 100 guaranteed that Cody's going to win this match. I think this is more guaranteed that Roman and Solo are not going to win this match. I, I would. Put good money that I don't think they're going to win this match. So at the very least with this match, there's at least, I think, going to be some development 
and we can actually move this story along and we can get away from Sammy and KO. They can just go do their own thing. And then we'll actually have the implosion of the bloodline leading into money in the bank or, or uh, uh, SummerSlam, whatever you want to do. And apparently the rumor now is going to be Roman and Solo versus the Usos at some point down the line. So at the very least, there's something to come out of this match. You know, but with Roman having both the world titles, there's nothing has come from him since WrestleMania. And and Mike, I, I guess I'm to throw you next. It's like, why isn't Roman just defending the title? Just just have him defend the title against somebody. It just feels you just want him to get the the record and he's not doing anything. And I think Seth Rollins said it perfectly when they drafted him to Raw after they announced the title new title and he goes that's going to be the workman's title because roman doesn't work mm-hmm. but the problem for me is what we talked about before you could have done the two smackdown triple threats as i don't know number one contender to roman there's an idea mm-hmm. never thought of that so right there okay Roman versus AJ, who wouldn't want that match again? Roman versus Lashley. Right, Roman Lashley. Roman Sheamus. There there was a story with that. Roman Styles, too. Right, exactly. R- Roman Edge. That's a Mania rematch. Roman Mysterio. Well, Mysterio's not Roman, but yeah. Yeah. But um, it just goes to the idea of not everything needs to be around him. And I'm hoping you're right. And the Usos wind up costing Roman and Solo the match. And then we get the, the bloodline tag match, whether it's Money in the Bank, SummerSlam. I don't care. But at some point, it's just enough's enough. Especially if he's going to keep holding the world title and not defending it like you mentioned. Because this is called Night of champions yeah and and patchy i think what makes it even worse is that literally what were the first words out of ko and Sami Zayn's mouth after wrestlemania we are done with the bloodline and yet we're now two pay-per-views in after wrestlemania and they're still not done with the bloodline and even roman said there's no ko and sammy problem yet they're fighting them again <laughs> once again WWE is in the corner ever since they gave Roman both titles. It's this endless cycle of, you know what? We want Roman to surpass a thousand days. All for it. But at least make the man earn the thousand day reign instead of, you know, oh, I'm not going to show up for a week, yada, yada, whatever, you know. Side for a different day, you know. It, it, it's not that I'm sick of the bloodline story. It should have ended, I would say, you know, after Sammy turned, you should have really done, like, bloodline drawn, where, you know, okay, so-and-so goes with Sammy and KO, Solo goes, does his thing, Roman only ha- Roman's by himself finally. Nope. It's the bloodline sticks together. Now we're going to run into the summer where, oh, we might get Roman and Solo versus the Osos. 
or we're not going to get that at all. And you know what? This might turn into Roman versus Solo. Yeah, it's just like there should have been a hard end at at WrestleMania, and they just didn't do that. And, you know, it's just running on way too long right now. Like, we need something more to come from this. We need more development. We need an infighting bloodline, and we're not getting that yet. We're just getting these little teases of it. And, um, and again, you set it up perfectly at WrestleMania. You had Sammy and KO win the tag titles. They were done with the bloodline. You had Rome, Roman should have lost to Cody. And we, we all go from there, but you're right. You know, the, the simplest thing is they should have ununified the tag titles after the draft. They should, yeah. Sammy and K, wherever Sammy and since, you know, where Sammy, Sammy and KO go to raw, we really glitch the SmackDown titles. SmackDown titles get vacated. Then they're done with the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. And now we can move on to bloodline versus Imperium. Well, we will, we wouldn't get it, but you know, bloodline versus Imperium could have happened if they kept Imperium on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But we don't get it, that. We don't. Yeah. And, and you're right. And I think what, what makes this even worse is that you have Roman as the, the dual world champion or the only world champion right now until night of champions. And he wasn't wrestling because at least from mid 2021, until 2022 mid 2022 he at least was having a match at every pay-per-view like from wrestlemania 37 onwards he had the triple threat match then he had cesaro then he had edge then he had ray then he had cena then uh who was they had finn then he did Big E at survivor series then he faced um brock at crown jewel then he faced uh, Nakamura. He faced Nakamura, I think, at one point. But he he had like matches on SmackDown against Xavier Woods and Matt Riddle and um, who did he face at the Rumble in twenty twenty two? Ooh, Waller. Oh, Seth Rollins. He fought Seth Rollins. Then he fought you know at Mania with Brock. Then he did all that. But at least he was having matches. Now he only has like three matches every five months, and it's like, and we're and we're wasting one of his matches on a tag title match. Really? You could have built up a challenger, but at the same time, I don't know if you could have, because do we really believe anyone other than Cody's taking the titles off of Roman? Like, if AJ had faced Roman, I would be like, ah, well, AJ's losing. No way he's taking the titles off of him. The only other credible person I would give is Gunther. Right, but he's the IC champion right now, and we're done with dual champions. You can't have any more dual champions. Like, we are done with dual champions for, like, another 10 years. Like, we're done after this. Forever. You know, maybe not forever, but at least a good five, six years. Like, no more dual champions. We need a break from them. So, we'll see what happens as we go into United Champions, which, of course, is next Saturday. Uh, Anything else we want to talk about tonight, guys? There is one more. Rest in peace, superstar Billy Graham. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Uh, do rest in peace to the legend uh, that is superstar Billy Graham. He did pass away on May 17th, May 17th. So that would have been Wednesday. Uh, yes. Rest in peace to him. Obviously influenced a ton of wrestlers uh, throughout the years. I mean, he was one of the biggest reasons Hulk Hogan got into wrestling, um, you know, just really influenced a lot, a lot of future wrestlers. So yes, rest in peace to superstar uh, Billy Graham. 
All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Face Turn Podcast, part of the Sports Insanity Network. Make sure you guys check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. And for Allison Wiener, Lawrence Patchman Lang, and Mike the Pun Master Rifkin, I'm Noah Trombley. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.